0: This is the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast from Advanta IRA, where we show you how to explore investments beyond Wall Street and open your eyes to new options for your portfolio. It's time to take control and give yourself the freedom to choose where you invest your money. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast. My name is Alex Perney, and today we'll be covering a alternative and really specific set of taxes that can apply to you as the alternative investor. When it comes to investing in alternative assets, especially with tax qualified plans such as IRAs, 401ks, and the like, it's very important to understand how to do it effectively while avoiding as many taxes as possible. Because it's again, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Now, when investors are looking to invest, in alternative assets, there are some very specific taxes that can cover certain types of investment strategies. Mainly these involve people that are looking to invest in things like LLCs, uh, uh, private stock, uh, limited partnerships, uh, things that can have the potential to generate, uh, generate business income or that have income related to underlying debt. One thing that almost any business or, or, uh, or investment structure that has that pools together asset that pools together investor money to purchase other assets is debt it's something that's very common and is something that can offer uh, some some pains when it comes to investing with tax-qualified money, such as IRAs like we handle here at Advanta IRA. And I want to really dig into what is deemed to be called UBIT or UDFI. A lot of people are concerned about it, and rightly so, when it comes to investing into private companies. And we want to kind of go through today and help people understand what exactly is UBIT or unrelated business income tax and what is UDFI, which is unrelated debt finance income tax, how it can affect your investment strategy some, some awesome ways that you can help to avoid these types of taxes. So let's kind of get into this and actually define what UBIT and UDFI are. So UBIT is a tax that's levied to an IRA or retirement plan when it receives income from a trader business rather than passive investment income. So what is business income? Common areas where investors can encounter this are when investing in LLC membership taxes a pass-through when the entity sells goods or services. If the entity is taxed as a C-Corp, this can shield a retirement plan from UBIT. So think about it like this. If you're an investor and you have IRA money or 401k money and you would like to invest in someone's business venture and this business venture is not taxed as a C-Corp. So they're gonna tax this business venture as a pass-through which most often offers a lot of tax benefits to um, rank and file or personal investors. So if you're personally investing with uh, taxable money, this can definitely offer a, a higher degree of tax tax strategy than maybe doing it otherwise. But the downside to this, especially if you are, let's say, a tax qualified investor investing through an IRA, is that if you if this business is operating as an active trader business. So let's say, for example, you have a friend that's trying to raise money to buy some coin laundromats. Uh, You know, it's definitely going to be operating as an active trader business and they're going to be passing through that income back on to the investors. Well, if you're IRA or, retirement plan, and this does apply to 401ks as well, is invested in this LLC tax as a pass-through, then you're going to have some tax considerations from this particular investment. Now, the bad part about this is, of course, if you're investing with, let's say, money that's tax qualified, that's going to force you into having to file a tax return for your retirement plan, which On face value doesn't sound necessarily so bad, but when you look at what the actual trust rates are, which is what this type of income is taxed at, it can get pretty expensive pretty quickly. So looking at the 2022 tax rates, I'll break them down really quick for you. You pay 10% on all income that is zero to $2,750. Then you would pay 24% on everything that is 2750 to $7,099. And then 35% on any income that is going to be between 35 percent on anything that is nine thousand eight hundred fifty one dollars to thirteen thousand four hundred fifty, and then thirty seven percent on anything that is higher than thirteen thousand four hundred fifty dollars. So these type of tr- these type of taxes can get very expensive very quickly, and it's important to understand what type of income can be exempt from it and what type of income can be subject to it. Now, what is considered investment income? So income that is in generated from rental real estate, note interest, dividends, royalties, capital gain income is all going to be exempted from UBIT. But if you're going to be investing in some type of particular business, and when people talk about investing into startup businesses, which is a very popular investment strategy for um, IRA investors, especially people that are interested in investing in alternatives, this can become quite the concern. So if you're looking at doing something a little bit more hands-on, so someone that is investing into you know, an active trader business, that's maybe looking to acquire a, a uh, let's, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? That's maybe looking to acquire some type of franchise or other uh, investment that is going to be generating active business income, utilizing an IRA, can offer some difficulty for that. So I'd like to caution people if it's, uh, you know, utilizing retirement plans to invest into something like that to maybe look at how you're actually structuring it. Instead of maybe actually purchasing equity in someone's uh, business, especially if it's on the smaller scale, maybe look at doing it um, in a debt structuring instrument where you are actually lending them money because interest income is going to be exempted from UBIT. So you're not going to have to pay that ancillary tax on income coming back to your retirement plan plan, or doing something where maybe it's a convertible note, where you have a a note issued, but it can convert to stock at a later date, maybe if they change their taxing election to a C-Corp, which would also help to avoid this type of tax. What people would need to be really um, familiar with is that some people are under the impression that 401k plans are going to just be exempted from UBIT. this definitely isn't the case. So if you're using an IRA or a 401k to invest in some type of active trader business, so investing in equity of this particular business, again, that's not taxed as a C-Corp, then you are going to be subjecting your retirement plan to these types of taxes. So very important to understand from the active trader business side of things. Now, let's say someone's looking to invest into an LLC where they're going to be uh, rent, fixing and flipping properties. Well, that can offer a little bit of a, of a gray area for investors to understand if they're going to be exposed to taxes like this. Now, I'd always recommend that you check with a CPA or a tax advisor because if someone's, you know, if you're investing into an LLC, let's say in the person that's managing the LLC is selling three, four houses a year, is that Defined as active trader business, well, probably not, but if they're selling 10, 15, 20 houses and you're invested in the LLC and it's taxed as a pass-through, could that generate a UBIT liability? Well, certainly at that point it might but unfortunately the IRS does not necessarily offer us guidance specifically on to what level of actual activity within some type of entity such as an LLC or a trust that would actually qualify as an active trader business level so it's always best to check with a tax professional to make sure that you're not crossing into this that you're not crossing into this um, uh, realm when it comes to investing into equities of certain types of entities. And again, this can be something as simple as LLC membership. It can be something as more formalized as a subscription to some type of private security. So it's important to understand, it's important to know and understand where these kind of things lie and also how to avoid them. Now, the other part of UBIT that most oftentimes gets confused with the active trader business income is what's called UDFI. UDFI stands for Un- related debt finance income tax. Now, this is a tax that applies to profits and gains attributable to debt that a retirement plan has invested in. So what exactly does that mean? So let's say an IRA or a 401k has invested into a limited partnership or some type of commercial real estate venture uh, as a limited partner, and that commercial real estate venture has taken out non-recourse debt in order to secure the property that it's looking to buy. Well, typically in these scenarios, they're going to be taxed as a pass-through. So you're going to be as a limited partner and everything's going to be taxed as a pass-through on K-1 or IRS form K-1 back to the initial investor. So if there is debt, then it would pass through what's called a UDFI liability. Now, UDFI is a subset of UBIT. So a lot of times this gets you know interchangeably used, but UBIT and UDFI are two completely different sets of taxes and they could potentially apply into scenarios. So you need to know that if you're investing in an active trader business that has debt, you might have a situation where you are exposing a retirement plan to two different kinds of taxes. And there are you know, essentially strategies for Uh, Both that don't necessarily apply to both for avoiding them. Now, if you're invested in a C-corp and it's an active trader business and they also have debt, then you don't have to worry about any of this. Uh, However, there are certain types of plans that do automatically exempt you from having to worry about a UDFI. So, the debt related finance income tax, there are certain types of plans that would exempt you directly from that. So, again, what is UDFI? It applies to tax, it applies to profits and gains attributable to debt uh, of a project that a retirement plan has invested in. So this has to be non-recourse debt, uh, and it can be used to purchase the. It can be used to purchase properties. It can also be used to purchase really anything else. But specifically, typically, it's used um, in real estate. Now, the specific type of accounts that can be Um, that can't avoid UDFI specifically, not the larger UBIT liabilities from investing in active trader businesses, but specifically to UDFI, 401k accounts are immediately exempt from this tax. So in the specific example of buying real estate with non-recourse financing, now this can be a 401k retirement plan going out and buying a piece of real estate directly, it can apply to a 401k investing in some type of limited partnership or LLC interest that has underlying debt used to acquire real estate uh, are automatically exempted from this. However, if the debt in the plan was used for, if the debt in the project was used for non real estate assets then this tax would apply so it's important to understand just because you have a 401k account and there's a lot of there's a lot of promotional materials out there that kind of uh, incorrectly Um, promote the exemptions here is that if the 401k that you're using uh, is investing into a project that has underlying debt, but let's say that that debt was used to purchase something like um, uh, commercial equipment or was used for uh, shortfalls in Uh, payroll or something like that, then that type of exemption would not apply. So specific to the alternative investor, if you're looking to invest into real estate projects that are going to be using debt. So a lot of times this is going to be centered on things like uh, commercial real estate ventures and limited partnerships. Uh, is kind of a big area where this applies a lot. If you can, utilizing a 401k plan will certainly help to streamline your potential tax filing situation and also help to reduce any tax exposure to your retirement plan assets as well. Because it's also important to understand that this is not a tax that you have to pay personally. This is actually a tax that is paid and filed by the retirement plan directly. So you're going to increase the amount of overhead you have for actually having to file and pay this because it's not something that flows through to your personal income tax statement. So how is this actually reported and filed to the IRS? Well, it's on what's called Form 990-T, most often referred to as 990-T. If a UBIT liability is owed by a retirement plan, then IRS Form 990-T has to be filed. The filing date uh, every year is typically April 15th, and UBIT taxes only need to be reported if the total is owed is over $1,000. So it's nice that after... Um, When you go to look at these liabilities, and if you have after deductions and automatic credits and everything less than a $1,000 liability, then the retirement plan is under no obligation to file the tax return. But typically with retirement plan investors, if you do have a UBIT or UDFI liability, uh, liabilities typically are going to be over a $1,000. But that's not to say that you can't certainly be... uh, be very studious with your strategies and actually have one that's less than that. Uh, But if you do have to file a 980 t report, it's important to involve the custodian and the plan administrator to make sure everything is done correctly. Because I have seen many times over my career where people have deemed to have a UBIT liability. They try to go through and do it on their own and tax returns and filings get tied up with the IRS for years because they're done incorrectly. So again, just to kind of recap, if you have a UBIT, so unrelated Business income liability, which is going to be assessed if you're investing into an active trader business with a retirement plan, such as an IRA, 401k, HSA, ESA, any of those types of plans that are invested into an active trader business that's not taxed as a C Corp, you would potentially have a UBIT liability. Additionally, if you're invested as an if you're invested with a retirement plan other than a 401k into some type of project that has underlying debt. Then you would essentially have a UBIT liability that also needs to be filed under 990T as well. So, again, important to understand, especially when looking at alternatives, uh, because things like private LLC membership, private stock, limited partnership for commercial real estate ventures are becoming increasingly popular. To understand that it's not just as simple as saying, hey, I'm using an IRA or retirement plan, therefore, no taxes are owed, there are some very specific taxes that you need to be aware of and also understand how you can try to exempt yourself or have these deals structured to where you don't have or you can reduce the amount of taxable liability owed. Now, again, looking at these two different avenues of investment, typically using an IRA or a 401k for these types of investments is going to offer two completely different strategies for the alternative investor as to what might potentially be the best fit. Now, if you're going to look at alternative investments through the lens of an IRA, there's some definite pros to doing so. The IRAs are going to be always easier to establish. Essentially, anyone can qualify for an IRA. The IRA custodian does all the reporting. There's no need to validate an IRA like a 401k. You can use blocker corporations to u- to limit UBIT taxes. So again, if you're investing into something that's taxed as a C-Corp, that's going to limit uh, your exposure to UBIT and typically... Um, eliminated at all because when you tax an entity as a C-Corp, you're electing to pay taxes on a corporate level. However, a lot of times when it comes to private alternative investments, most people elect to have them taxed as a pass-through or a partnership because it's much more tax advantageous than having things taxed at a corporate rate. Uh, So keep that in mind is that most of the time when you're looking at private investments Uh, through the lens of the alternative investment strategies that people like, that most of the time, these are not going to be taxed as C-corps. So if you're investing into someone's project, it's it's always worth the question of saying, hey, how is this going to be taxed? Are you taxing this as a partnership? Are you taxing this as a pass-through? Is it being taxed as a corp? Because that's going to ultimately determine what type of exposure you're going to have to these specific taxes. Now, some cons with using IRAs, for alternative investments, they can be subject to UDFI on leveraged income, they can use depreciation and deductions to offset the potential issues with UBIT and UDFI. So keep that in mind is that just because you have income derived from either an active trader business or from underlying debt on an investment doesn't mean that you don't get to take advantage of uh, tax deductions, write-offs, and everything else like that. You absolutely do get to do that. But again, it's going to complicate your tax filing situation and the IRA or retirement plan directly is going to have to file that. Uh, additional profits at the end of the year can be subject to 37% taxes potentially if you aren't using blocker corporations or if you aren't using the right type of plan. So IRAs definitely can be exposed to a significantly wider variety of these types of taxes than things like solo 401ks. Uh, So again, important to understand, although it is definitely a lower barrier to entry with using an IRA for alternative investments, the likelihood that you can get exposed to UBIT or UDFI taxes is significantly greater than using other types of plans. Now, what are some pros to things like solo 401ks? Because remember, 401k plans, when you're investing in projects that have underlying debt for real estate assets, are exempted from these taxes. So if you're especially interested in things like commercial real estate or limited partnerships and syndications, utilizing something like a solo 401k can be a very, very, good strategy for exempting you from these taxes and ver- and helping to simplify your tax planning strategies. So some pros with solo 401ks or 401ks in general is they're not subject to UDFI on leveraged real estate. Now, remember, that is the only exemption that they offer. If the underlying debt in the project is is uh, being utilized for anything other than real estate, so for paying payroll, for buying for buying uh, rolling equipment, for anything other than actual real estate, then UDFI can apply to 401 accounts. I've seen this time and time again, where people think that 401ks just offer a whole, just offer a a, a across the board exemption from UBIT liabilities. It is absolutely not the case. So it's important to understand where these blockers actually come into play and where they actually don't come into play. Now with 401ks, you have some additional benefits. One, again, the UDFI on leverage real estate exemption, Uh, they can accept rollovers from other IRAs and 401k plans, and you have significantly larger contribution limits uh, and the ability to take personal loans in these plans as well. I actually just did a webinar yesterday that's on our YouTube channel at advantaira.com on choosing the right type of business retirement plan, because there are plans out there that offer significantly higher contribution limits. And specifically with solo 401ks, also Also offer some additional tax benefits to those people looking to invest in alternative assets. Now, some cons with 401ks is that you need to have a valid sponsoring business or employer. So just because you'd like a solo 401k for maybe um, utilizing this as a tax planning strategy for the additional contribution limits and also the exemption from UDFI, It doesn't mean that you can necessarily have one. You have to have some type of active trader business, so some type of self-employed income, some type of, you know, quote, side hustle, if you will, to actually qualify for one. It doesn't have to be something as formalized as, you know, running your self-employed business through an LLC. You can be a sole proprietor. You can have an LLC. You can... You can have all sorts of different structures that would allow for you to utilize a 401k uh, for these types of investment strategies, but you do have to have something. If you just go and punch the clock nine to five every day and all of your income comes from your nine to five job, then unfortunately you can't use a 401k for trying to help to strategize for your alternative investments. You have to have some type of self-employed income. Now, again, if you own a few rental properties and you run those through an LLC, uh, you can definitely qualify for a solo 401k. I tell people, you know, give me a call and contact me if you have questions on doing this because a lot of people that are looking to invest in things like real estate at the prices right now with a median home price of $415,000, you're going to have to be using debt in order to acquire these types of assets. So Uh, Definitely important to understand um, just how you can use these types of uh, investment strategies to your benefit because not everyone's going to want to structure an investment opportunity as a C-Corp because you don't want to have to expose it to corporate tax rates. It's definitely going to be um, nine times out of 10 much more tax advantageous for most uh, pooled investment uh, strategies such as limited partnerships and LLCs to be taxed as a pass-through to ultimately allow the investors to take advantage of all the uh, tax breaks they get personally instead of electing to have everything taxed uh, upfront on the corporate level. So nine times out of 10, you're gonna see these uh, private investment pools such as limited partnerships and LLCs, taxes pass-throughs, but don't offer the corporate blocker of UDFI like a C-Corp does. So being able to have these taxes blocked by something like the actual plan you're using is a very important strategy to understand. Now, again, some other cons, uh, to 401ks is that you actually have to qualify for them. You can't just say, "Hey, I'd like one, so let's have one." You have to make sure you qualify for one by having some type of business or business activity. Uh, there is some additional reporting requirements that an IRS that sorry that a 401k has passed just what a custodian would do, like with an IRA. So there is some additional complexity in that, and. As the trustee of a solo 401k, you're ultimately responsible for any plan reporting uh, that would need to be done for that as well. So, just to kind of recap, uh, before we kind of get into a case study that's going to actually look at what a UBIT or UDFI liability would look like uh, specifically to a commercial real estate venture, uh, UBIT is kind of the, the overarching umbrella that's going to refer to taxes that are going to be due to some type of retirement plan that's investing in an alternative investment. Now, UBIT specifically. Specifically is going to be catered just to active trader business income. So if you're going to be investing into someone's project, and this is either with a 401k or an IRA, that's, let's say, going out, um, an LLC going out and buying coin laundromats, that's going to have a UBIT liability no matter whether you're using an IRA, a solo 401k. Really, the primary way to block that type of liability is to be investing into some type of C-Corp that's going to be going out and doing that acquisition or doing that particular project. Again, not necessarily as common, especially when people are raising capital on a much smaller level, but that's really the primary way to have that type of liability blocked. Important to remember as well, UBIT UBIT does apply to both IRAs and 401ks. The primary blocker for that is a C-Corp. Now, when you get into the realm of UBIT, or sorry, UDFI, which is Unrelated Debt Finance Income Tax, which is much more prevalent when it comes to qualified plan investors such as IRAs or 401ks, this is the part of UBIT that's going to apply if there's underlying debt to a particular project. So let's say a particular project is not an active trader business, but they are using debt to go out and perform whatever project and the scope of what their investment is. Well, if that debt was not utilized for the purchase or acquisition of real estate, then again, if unless there's a C-Corp in there, there's typically not a way to have that actually blocked from the underlying investor, especially if you're a qualified retirement plan, either IRA or 401k. However, if you are or if the project is going forward and using that debt for the purchase of real estate, then utilizing a solo 401k, a 401k in general, will offer you an automatic exemption from that pass-through tax. So again, especially for real estate investors, it's very important to understand because a lot of these things get played out in the, in the scope of people thinking that they are the taxes are much narrower than they actually are and the exemptions are much broader than they actually are. So understanding kind of where those two things come together and can be uh, avoided and actually understanding where they're localized is very important as well. So the 401k offers the exemption only if there is debt on the underlying property, uh, on the underlying project that's related to real estate. Now let's look at a case study. So let's say in this case that, Uh, Investor Jane would like to invest in a limited partnership uh, for the purchase of commercial real estate. Uh, In this particular instance, she's looking to invest $100,000 into this project for this limited partnership. This project is projected to have quarterly distributions of $2,000 or about $8,000 a year being sent back to the IRA. Uh, Jane's account gains are not going to be included in her personal income. So remember, this IRA is going to be specifically having to file its own type of tax return for this, and none of the income is going to flow through to her personal income tax statement. And Jane's IRA will simply be subject to UDFI on the portion of the returns that her IRA receives. So in this case, let's break it down for what it's going to actually look like. Um, For the actual project. So the actual project is going to be 70% leveraged, and she's going to be investing $100,000 into this project. So what is it going to look like from the perspective of the actual investment? So let's say in year one, she gets a total annual income of 8%. That's going to be $8,000 on her $100,000 investment. The amount of income subject to UDFI in this instance, remember, she's using an IRA, is going to be 70% year one, 60% year two, and 50% year three because of the pay down of the underlying debt on the property. So as the debt ratio goes down, so does the amount of UBIT liability or UDFI liability owed. So in this case, the 70% debt structure is going to have $5,600 exposed to UBIT or sorry, UDFI, she's going to get an automatic $1,000 deduction. And with cost segregation deductions and accelerated depreciation of the project that passes through, remember a pass through offers this type of benefit. This is why a lot of real estate ventures don't elect to be taxes as C-Corps. Uh, she's going to get a $5,600 deduction to her IRA. So $5,600, plus the $1,000 automatic deduction completely wipes out any liability she has year one. So the IRA, remember not using a 401k, the IRA in this case has absolutely zero UBIT liability, does not have to file a a 990T gets to take home the whole $8,000 return year one. So year two, they've paid down another 10% of the debt. She has another $8,000 coming back to the IRA of return on her $100,000. So $4,800 is going to be subjected to UBIT in year two. Now she gets an automatic deduction of 1000 bucks. Cost seg deductions and accelerated depreciation that year wipe out another $1,000 of taxable liability to the IRA, but left over, she has $2,800 that's going to be subjected to UDFI. So that's a 24% tax rate. So the IRA would have to pay $672 in additional taxes that year, leaving her with $7,328 uh, coming back as profit to the IRA in that given year year three this is where the exit on this property is going to happen so she's going to have eight thousand dollars which is the annual return the eight percent that she's getting on her hundred plus an additional twenty thousand dollars of profits at sale so in this particular year year three there's going to be a, again a ten percent reduction because the partnership has paid down its debt so she's going to have fourteen thousand dollars of exposure to udfi in that particular year take out the $1,000 deduction, deductions cost seg, accelerated depreciation wipes out another $1,000. $12,000 is left over as it being exposed to UEDFI. The UBIT tax rate for the trust rates in that particular bracket is $4,200. So out of that $14,000, the IRA has to pay $4,200 in taxes on that return back to the account. So in that year, she takes home $23,800 into the IRA with no additional tax consideration. So, in total, she is going to have $44,000 of total annual income over those three years on that $100,000. The amount of income that was subjected to UDFI liabilities is $24,400. She got $3,000 of automatic write offs with cost segregation, depreciation, and deductions. She got another $7,600 of write off. And the total income that was exposed to UBIT is $14,800 leaving her with a total over three years of $4,872 in total tax liabilities. So she got a total return of just shy of $40,000 into her retirement plan, in this case, an IRA, with this particular strategy. Now, that's still pretty good returns. And the nice thing about doing this through a tax-qualified plan like an IRA is that any of those returns that are deposited to the account are then completely tax-free. And then you don't have to worry about paying any additional taxes Uh, In the coming years. So if you want to go and invest in more traditional assets, you have that additional income that has come through that you then in turn can continue to run with the compounding tax free uh, compounding tax free within that account. Now, in this same scenario, if she had used a solo 401k for this investment, she would have gotten to take home the whole $44,000 of returns into the account without having to pay any additional money for filing the 990T tax return without having to pay any additional taxes. So essentially, by utilizing a 401k in this same $100,000 scenario with investing into a limited partnership, she would have saved almost $5,000 in taxes that would be paid to the IRS. So... Again, just by switching the type of an account an investor uses for alternative asset investing can save you significant amount significant amounts of money over just a short-term investment. However, doing this through a tax-qualified plan like an IRA that doesn't have uh, an inherent built-in blocker for UDFI or UBIT and investing in something that doesn't have a corporate blocker like a C-Corp is still not going to eat up the entirety of your return. You still have the ability to make some pretty fantastic returns and compound some pretty awesome awesome money into these types of plans, even if you are going to be exposed to some type of UBIT liability. So I like to bring this up because things like uh, real estate investments that are associated with that are becoming increasingly more popular. Uh, The investments that we've seen clients do into private entities such as LLCs, startups, uh, limited partnership, joint ventures has increased almost exponentially over the past five years. So important to understand that investors doing these types of investments have some additional, uh, very specific taxes that might need to be looked at when it comes to investing their retirement plan money. So again, to recap, UBIT is going to be the type of tax that's going to apply to active trader business stuff. So going back to the example, if you're investing into your friend's uh, startup, that's going to just be buying uh, coin laundromats, then you're going to have a tax associated with that, whether you're using an IRA or a 401k, if it's not a C corp, then when it comes to uh, U- UDFI, so unrelated debt finance income tax, if you have a solo 401k, and it is investing in the underlying debt is being used for the acquisition of real estate, then you have an automatic blocker built In to that type of retirement plan, just by having that type of account. But again, looking at that hundred thousand dollar investment, having to pay, you know, almost five thousand dollars in taxes on forty four thousand dollars of returns, and then getting to take all of that money and put it directly back into a tax qualified plan where you can continue to compound. With tax deferred or tax free growth is still a very powerful tool. You know, if you do this kind of investments personally and you're paying taxes personally in perpetuity with that personal taxable income, you're going to have to be worrying about paying taxes year over year over year with that. You don't have any way to get that type of return back into a tax qualified plan like an IRA or a 401k. So, I think it's still a very big benefit uh, to the investors when investing in these types of projects, even if it is going to be exposed to UBIT. Obviously, you need to make sure that you're not you know, paying out the entirety of your returns on it and making sure that you have the ability to take some good uh, deductions, credits, and write-offs to the actual liabilities that are owed by the IRA or retirement plan. But it's important to understand where these taxes apply, where they don't apply, and how to avoid them. This has been another edition of the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast. Thanks for joining. Tune in next week for more investing tips and strategies. Want to hear more episodes of the Alternative Investing Advantage? Search podcast at advantaira.com and subscribe.